even me now, of course, you know, like it's a it's a work in progress. I still get self-doubt. I still get those same feelings. But most of the time, I won't let that stop me. But when it does, I feel even worse because to me, rejection is always better than regret. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know there's a million different shows that you could choose. And the fact that you chose this one makes me really, really happy that I have someone to talk to and that I get to share this incredible journey with you and this amazing human that I interviewed today. Her name was Jennifer Cohen. And I got on this podcast knowing that we had a lot in common. But I swear, sometimes you meet people who literally have lived the same life that you have lived. And this woman is that person. I'm like, every time she opened her mouth, I'm like, I have this same story or very similar story. So Jennifer Cohen is a best-selling author, brand strategist, international speaker, and educator with a specific focus on building healthy habits to drive positive behavioral change. I love this about her because I am so focused on building habits right now and really taking a deep dive into exactly what my habits are. And I think that you'll be surprised when you really start looking at them and thinking about it. She's one of the 100 most influential people in health and fitness. And she is also the CEO of Suprema. You guys, I can't wait for you to meet this woman. I cannot wait for you to listen in to this podcast. So let's jump right in and get started. Jennifer, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. So excited to be here. I'm so excited to finally meet you in kind of person. Quasi. I know this is we're gonna actually make it real. So this is our official like Zoom meeting. <laughs> but we're gonna have to meet in person. I'm so excited to chat to a fellow fitness, former fitness, all the things person along with podcaster, along with businesswoman, along with preacher of boldness. <laughs> oh, I am so excited. You guys, I was just telling her before we jumped on, I've been asking you a lot on Instagram, what you guys want to hear and what you need in your life right now. And most all of the questions pertain to just needing permission to go bigger, to go for the thing, to make the boundaries, to say no to the things that you actually want to say no to so that you have room for the yeses. So Jennifer has an incredible book called Bigger, Better, Bolder. And I'm so excited to talk about this topic, Jennifer. Tell me how this came up because I know when a book starts to talk to you, like, hey, um, I need to come out into the universe. There are multiple reasons and multiple things going on in your life that have to do with this book and why it comes out. So what was that for you? So for me, what happened was, Lori, was about two and a half years ago, I was asked to do a TED Talk. And that's not something that happens. Usually what happens is you have to apply to do a TED Talk. It's a full process, right? But I was fortunate enough that someone came to me and said, they heard of me through somebody else and they thought I would make a good speaker. And they said, what would you like to speak about? Would you like to speak about this in fitness, that in health, like all the things, mm -hmm. right, that you and I spoke about offline. And I said, no, I don't want to speak about that. I want to speak about something that's way bigger that's the, really the umbrella and the reason why I've had success in fitness. And what I noticed was not just in fitness, but the through line for any success I've ever had has been the fact that I was bold, 
enough to go after something and just kind of make do the ask, do the action. And I wanted to really have that to be the topic. Well, lo and behold, I did it. And the talk went viral and it got such great feedback that I decided to create a book around it because it was resonating with so many people who felt that they were stuck or that their self-doubt for going after something was preventing them from having the life that they wanted. And what this whole book represents and what boldness is, is really permission to your point to put yourself in that situation, put yourself out there to ask for what you want, not to acquiesce to what's available or live the life that's good enough. But you, you as a person are, you got to take agency and take ownership and curate and design the life that you actually want. And that really requires being bold. Okay, so I can think of a couple bold moves in my career where people did not like they did not see them. They just assume like, oh, how did you get that? Or how did you win that or whatever? And it's like, I can remember the moments that I did things that I know other people were not doing or willing to do. So can you tell me a couple? I know that there's I know that for you to be here, there's been hundreds of bold moves that obviously we're going to talk about how you've built up to that, how it's become a skill set, all of those things. But what were some of the big bold moves that you did that you're like, holy shit, that moved the needle? I'll tell you the first one, one of the big ones, to be honest, was what kind of got traction a lot was when I was really young, I was 17 years old. And at the time I wanted to be a VJ for much music. I don't know. It's like, oh, I love it. You know what much music is like MTV, but <laughs> okay, TV, amazing. Okay, right? and I knew, I'm like, how am I going to even get noticed? Every at the time, it was the most coveted job, right? Everyone wanted to be a, a VJ or be like the Carson Daly, you know, at the time. And I had to make an, a demo tape, and I had to create a demo tape that would be looked at when thousands of people they were doing an open search around the country. And so I was like, okay, well, how am I going to be noticed? How am I going to even like stand out? Mm. And while that was happening, Keanu Reeves was in my hometown and he was at the, you know, at the precipice of his career. It was after speed and he was like the hottest thing in the world. And I got it into my head that I was going to have Keanu Reeves on my demo tape and he would be like my, my key to getting this amazing audition and having this, this great job. And I put it out there and everyone laughed at me, including my family and close friends. But I, I stood outside where he was performing at the time. He wanted to do like Shakespeare. So that's why he came to my hometown. And I waited outside for him for like 45 minutes to an hour in the minus 50. I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Super cool. Like minus 45. Crazy. And I waited outside with the audacity that I was going to get him to do it. And I brought a girlfriend with me and she like lasted seven minutes. She's like, screw this. I'm not (laughs) waiting outside. You're on your own. I waited and waited. Finally, after like 45 minutes, he came out. There was a bunch of like paparazzi, a bunch of people. I just wiggled my way in. I went up to him. I kind of like tugged on his jacket and I, I'm, and he's like, oh, do you want an, you know, want a, an autograph? He's like, no, I don't want an autograph. <laughs> I need your help. I need you to help me create this demo tape. And he was super confused. And then he basically was just like, okay, you know, just give me your phone number and I'll call you about it. And I wrote my number down on a gum wrapper with an eyeliner and I left. And I told all my friends, everyone laughed at me. Oh my God, how silly. You're so naive. Why would he do this? Uh, like literally the next day at school, I got laughed at the second day and third day. Well, on the fourth day, he actually called me. Oh my God. I left a message on my answering machine. 
two. And then cut two. I went to pick him up in my mother's Cutlass Supreme, took him back home. Yes. My mom made him lunch. And he did a two-hour interview with me where all my, my two friends who didn't laugh at me were standing in the sides of my house with their, like, you know, the camcorders, like, doing the little thing. And then I edited this video together, and I sent it off. I got the audition. And then, like, you have to kind of, like, the, the story goes on and on. But the reason why I use that as my an example is it was such an audacious thing for a 17-year-old yes. to think, yet I did it because I didn't have any wherewithal to think or know what would ever happen. Like it was my naivety. That was actually my strength. Mm -hmm. And when I got the interview and I got him, I got him was the actual thing. It it showed me that having that boldness, you never know unless you try Mm -hmm. crazier things have happened. Why not me? It's like a reframe of my thought. And that, that proved to me that anything is possible. If you put yourself out there and not have all the information, Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's not about your talent or your intelligence. It really is about just making the shot, making the effort. And from that moment on, I try, I still do, it's a work in progress sometimes, but to not let an opportunity pass me by because I'm scared or fearful Mm -hmm. or because I have self-doubt. That is so good. That actually made me tear up a little bit because I'm just thinking about how often we could be getting yeses if we put ourselves out there in that way. And especially like I was putting myself in his shoes in that moment, like it was probably such a refreshing ask, like, wow, this girl wants to do something with her career, like, and can see like, she's really a go-getter. Like, you know, when people, and I know this for you as well, when people ask you certain things that are very pointed and they know what they want, I want to help them. It's when it's very confusing or they don't know and they want you to do all the work. It's like, okay, well, tell me what you need. And I'd love to be a a catalyst in your career. You're absolutely right. So when I asked him later on, like, why did you help me? Like, what was the reason? And he said that it was the desire in my eyes. Like it was a fire that I had. And I was so specific. Like it wasn't like me being wishy-washy. I was very specific. And to your point, I totally agree with you because when you come out at something and you know exactly what that is, it also gives people an opportunity to help you and to like assist you in a way. But when people are too like all over the place and they're not, they, they don't know themselves, it's like, help me help you. I can't help you if you don't know yourself what that is, right? Yes. And you, the world opens up to you, opportunities open up to you in a real way when you really step into that light and allow those things to happen to you. Mm. Oh my God. Okay. So the people listening right now who are like, okay, well, she did that and she got a yes. Obviously we know there were probably many asks before that, that you hadn't gotten yeses to, but I find people are just myself included still, right? Cause we still get scared because our asks just get bigger and bigger, but they're afraid of the rejection. Like, what do you say to yourself when the no happens? Like if he never called you or anything like that, what what are you saying to yourself in order to get back up faster? Because it's this time in between that people just, they stay down and they stay in these thoughts and in the past. That's a very good point. So I will tell you this, you know, even though I got the interview with Keanu, I didn't get the job. I didn't get the main job, right? It was just kind of like, it it, it kind of proved to me what the secret sauce is, right? Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is most of the things I go for, I actually don't end up getting and I fail at. Mm-hmm. And it's about getting comfortable and being desensitized to what failure is. 
And so that's a reframe in your head. And how I've reframed failure is into an attempt. To me, when I look at failure, it's like it's my first attempt at something. It's my second attempt at something. And that gets me in a place where I don't give up just because I didn't make it. It just kind of gave me more ammunition to try again. And so I say all the time, it's like failing doesn't make you a failure, but quitting makes you a quitter. And I remind myself of stuff like that when I when, when it has to be, because the truth is being bold is boldest for life. And I've had many times when I didn't put myself in a situation when I could have done it, because even me now, of course, you know, like it's a, it's a work in progress. I still get self-doubt. I still get those same feelings, but most of the time I won't let that stop me. But when it does, I feel even worse because to me, rejection is always better than regret. Mm -hmm. I don't want to look at something later on and be like, what if I did that? You know, like, what if I made that ask? What if I called that person? What if I sent that email? That to me hurts way more because it's a guttural feeling that lasts much longer Mm -hmm. than like some instant rejection that, yeah, it stings for a minute, maybe two, but you get over the rejection. Mm. But you don't get over the regret of what if. And so when you can think about things like that in your day-to-day normal life, it helps propel you to not get stuck in that self-doubt and just go for it anyway. So Mm. even when you don't feel good enough, do it anyway. Even Mm. when you don't feel motivated to work out, do it anyway. Because when you don't do it anyway, you're letting yourself down and the what ifs stack. And that's what if stacking accumulates to much more of a problem later on than in the beginning. So like, that's how you lose self-esteem and self-worth, right? When you look at back and you have all those stacks of what ifs that you never even tried to do. Mm. Okay, I'm going to dig into this just a little bit more because this is still and always will be such a big part of my life. If I can give you a snippet of what I'm working on, it is these big, bold asks frequently. And I find that some of the things that go on in my head that I'm working through, like getting over them quicker, is the sending that big ask email that maybe you have to brag and you have to be really clear. Like you Mm -hmm. have to tell people why you're valuable to them and how you can add value. And you have a very short window and very small paragraph to be able to do a brag fest and do an ask and let them know how you're going to add value to them in some way. And when you guys, some of you listening are already doing this, like when you start to go really big, which I I fully know all of you will who are listening, you will have a lot of these emails out at once or a lot of these asks out at once. Let's say you're raising money or let's say you want support in a new business or you're asking for speakers at your very first event. And there can be a tendency to feel, you can feel really foolish after sending that if you don't get a response at all, right? And sometimes you get a bad response. What do we do to not spiral out and look like a freak show if you get either a bad response or no response? Because I know some people are like, I haven't gotten a response yet. I should send something else. I should apologize. I should say like this whole world of a conversation on their end when the other person maybe hasn't even seen it yet. Well, yeah, and I think that that can happen all the time, right? And (laughs) I mean, it it does happen all the time. Yes. You know, and what I'd like to also preface this with is when you make an ask, right? Like, I think a lot of people undervalue what they can bring to the table. Mm. 
they think that they don't have anything to offer. They're not at a place where that person ever needs something. Like how many times have I heard like, well, what, what do I have to offer? I have nothing to mm-hmm. offer. You'd be surprised, right? Like everybody is valuable and everyone has something about them that's unique and special that can add value. It's really about like digging deep and figuring out what that thing is. And when I, a big part of this, and a lot of people ask me this part of this question, like, well, how do you just ask, ask, ask? But if you're leading with how you can provide really valuable, whatever it is, valuable insight, information, or how you can offer your help, it's, it becomes like a symbiotic situation. It's not just a one-sided relationship. So I want to kind of be clear on that part. Mm-hmm. The other part is what you're asking me is about when you get these no's or you get nobody even who responds. I mean, that's when you have to become desensitized to the failure or whatever, sorry, the failure or whatever that is that happens because that's just one person. That's just mm-hmm. one thing. And I have a, a master's in failing and rejection, but I have a PhD in kind of getting myself back up and, and trying again. And again, it's about those attempts and how I put it out there is I say to people, figure out one goal, one goal. And then make 10 attempts at that one goal. And the reason why I do that is twofold. One is that, you know, you may not even get to that goal, but going down that path, another opportunity will present itself that you never even knew existed by just doing the actions. And the Mm -hmm. other part of it is that it's making you comfortable with the ask, it's making you comfortable with failing, it's getting you desensitized to that like feeling of like not getting it failing, rejection, where that's what it is. It's about becoming desensitized and immune to failure. So when you get that email or lack thereof of that email response, it doesn't burn as much. But the other thing is like, this is life, right? Like you're not going to, not everything's going to work out for you. Not everyone's going to respond to you. And people have this misunderstanding that like, oh, once you hit a certain level, every, the world opens up to you and all these things happen to you. And it's just not true, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I constantly get nobody responding to me. No, you know what I mean? This, this still happens to me. I'm sure it happens to you too. Mm -hmm. Totally. Right. And it doesn't ever get necessarily better, but what does get better is the way you can, well, how you deal with it and how you respond to it. Because at the end of the day, you can only control how your response is. Right. And so that's, you've got to take that onus into yourself and realize this is what happens and this is life. And, figuring out coping mechanisms that make you not shut down and stop, but still invigorate you to continue and try. I'm sure you can look back at so many things. Anyone that I've talked to who's successful can do the same thing where you look back and go, oh my God, that thing I wanted. Thank God that didn't happen then because I wouldn't have gotten this, which is so much better and bigger than what I was going for. And I just have all of these moments now, like you, how you gave the point of reference. Like now when I'm not getting a yes, I also have the reference where I'm like, oh, well, this may be a good thing because maybe the next big thing is not this for me at all. I'm going to keep trying, but I won't be devastated because I know how things turn out. Like I know how things work. So that's a hundred percent true. Like it's about, it's about connecting the dots And the truth is you don't know how those dots connect down the road, right? Like you don't know what your chapter 10 looks like when you're on chapter one. And like, even though in the moment something feels like it's so daunting and terrible and like you'll never get over it, eventually like, you know, A, you do, but B, usually for that, for that thing to have failed, it opened up your world for another Mm -hmm. opportunity to happen. You know, like 
when I, right? So like this podcast that I do, it's called Habits and Hustle. I guess you can see from the back of my thing. <laughs> was actually sold as a TV show to NBC mm. and it was called Game Changers, not Habits and Hustle. Mm. And it was sold. And I thought it was like the big, I was so late. I'm like, oh my God, I sold this thing and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, so excited. And then like, you know, my, one month turns into two that turns into 10 and then nothing's happening with mm. the stupid show. It just like sits in purgatory. <laughs> and like, the right. And the one thing that I thought was so, so amazing ends up like being like, rah, rah, like nothing mm. where I eventually took the onus on me and put just, I, I kind of, I said to myself, I'm going to create my own destiny. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to turn this into a podcast and I'll figure it, you know, and, and that will be what it will be. But like in the moment I was like, God, I'm going to have to do a podcast. I wanted to do a, a network TV show and blah, 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 which right. you know what I mean, which ends up being like, it doesn't even happen. And then like, I get this podcast and the amount of people control like when it's your own thing and you have destiny on that and you take agency of your life like it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me the interesting people I've connected with the opportunities that's come from it the world that it's kind of you know kind of just brought me into that I never even had any wherewithal to understand and know has been incredible and like I would never have thought that and I never would have even done it if it wasn't for that like extreme like loser failure that I had with the TV thing you know what I mean but like in the moment I'm like oh god like this is such a such a disaster but the truth is like and then because of this podcast I can go through a litany of things that's opened up but -hmm. people have to recognize that in the moment when things don't go right something's going to go right in a way that you never even expected because of that wrong Hey y'all, I'm so excited to share with you that this podcast, Earn Your Happy, is now a part of the Growth Day Podcast Network. Truly, this is like one of the most exciting things that has ever happened to me. I'm telling you, I no longer feel like I'm doing this alone and I actually get to collaborate with the people who host the podcast that I'm obsessed with, like that I have been listening to myself, who inspired me to start a podcast, who have taught me about how to go and do the thing, like the original people who got me motivated through listening to their podcasts. You guys, a bunch of us are coming together to bring more more growth to the world and to support shows and brands that we believe in. And one of my friends are also on this network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to their show. You guys, I just had Danielle Canty on of the Boss Babe podcast. She co-hosts it with her other amazing co-host and one of my friends, Natalie Ellis. You guys, you can go check out that podcast on mine. It's episode 925 and Danielle and I talk all about burnout and how that could be showing up up in your life and most importantly how to prevent it but I want to tell you if you have not gone and checked out the boss babe podcast yet go subscribe because it is one of the largest online communities for ambitious women and female entrepreneurs and I know that if you're listening to the show chances are that's probably you you guys they have 3.6 million followers and 380,000 subscribers the boss babe podcast is the place where they share real behind the scenes of building successful business 
businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. Most of all, you guys, truly, these women are in my life. Danielle and Natalie are people that I text on a weekly, monthly basis when I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel stuck. What should I do? I tune into their podcast, you guys, to learn. Even though they're my friends, I am still like crazy obsessed with this podcast because I learn something new every single time I listen. It makes me be a better podcaster. It makes me be a better businesswoman. It just makes me be better and more confident out in the world because they're so real and raw. And I can tell you that in the moments where I have had horrible days, down days, I've either gone listen to this podcast or I've texted them because these are the people who truly get it. You want to listen to the people who are walking in the same footsteps that you are. You guys go check out the boss babe podcast you're not going to be sorry and it's just gonna like make you way smarter and you're gonna have way more fun so go check it out hey y'all if you didn't know earn your happy is now a part of the growth day podcast network this is so exciting to me because i have been looking for a really good home for the show for I can't even tell you, years, literally. And now I've finally been able to come together and collaborate with other people who have incredible shows and I want to share them with you. One of the shows is Motivation with Brennan Bouchard. And you guys, if you don't know about the beginning of my career, I literally started with Brennan Bouchard's work. It's how I launched one of my very first online courses and membership sites was because he gives so much advice that you can integrate and implement immediately. And that's what you're going to get on the show. Not just motivation, but you're going to learn exactly how to get your stuff out in the world. And not just that, but Brennan runs in the most incredible group of humans who are really doing the thing out in the world that you want to be doing. So go check it out. Go subscribe to Motivation with Brennan Bouchard. I promise you this is going to be one of those shows that no matter when you tune in, you're going to get value. Like it's not one of those that you're like, God, I listened for 30 minutes and I didn't get what I wanted. Like from the beginning, you're going to get something that changes your life or changes your business. So go check it out. Motivation with Brennan Bouchard. I know you're going to love it. I'm obsessed. Okay. I love that we are talking about this. And to the last point that you just said, oh my goodness, I feel like we could probably just from our backgrounds go pretty hard on this right now. Yeah. But the, the like, especially from the time that we were both in fitness, mm-hmm. I feel like it was very much about potentially being anointed or needing someone to notice you, to get you on the show, get you on the cover, get you the deal, get you the thing in a sea of Women who all look the same, who are all fit. We all know how to turn on, you know, the fitness personality. How do you stand out? And so I had so many no's and it sounds like you did too in so many different ways or things that fell through. And I got to a place where exactly what you just said, I was like, screw it. I'm cutting out the middleman in my life. I'm so over waiting to be anointed by someone. What am I actually after and how do I create it? And for you, for the show, I'm sure it was like, I want to inspire. I want to feel connected to people. I want to still be able to talk and, you know, get these thoughts and ideas out. So have you ever had any other moments like that where you were like, oh my God, this is not happening. I'm just going to go create it myself or go figure it out. Everything in my yeah, life. Same. <laughs> Basically, you know what I mean? 
you know, like one thing I have to say that it's been like a blessing for me is a, I've been always very, very curious and mm-hmm. I let the curiosity lead me into all these different areas of my life. Like if you were to look at my career path, it would look like a Warsaw test. Like it was so, <laughs> it's so zigzag and it makes no rhyme or reason or sense, but it's, it's okay because what I do is I just follow where my curiosity goes and yes. I, let, I lead, I lead with that. And if I listen to all the people in my life who said, you can't do this because you're in this box or you can't do that because you're like, what do you know? You're a fitness person. I I would never be anywhere, right? Because people are giving you their advice based on their experiences in life and their myopic view. So Mm -hmm. I think a big point here I want people to understand and know is be very, very careful of who you take advice from and who you surround yourself with because those people can really keep you down, you know, even unintentionally, not even because they even mean to, but it's because of their own point of view or the way that they, 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 their perception of what they see the world to be. And then you're, you're paying the price for it. Mm. So I'm extremely conscientious of those people. And actually in my book, I talk about this thing called the bold directors, which is mm. you've got to create a bold director, directors around you, people who are like-minded, who want to see you succeed, who are of a, think of a, of a, in abundance, not in, you know, scarcity and who you are very like-minded with and who help each other. Because in the end of the day, like, you know, I don't think any of us necessarily are self-made. I think we all need other people to help elevate us and yes. bring us up and help us. No one just does it on their own, like in, in, a, in a vacuum. So it's because of that also, like you got to be careful of who you surround yourself with and who are those people, because that can either elevate you or deescalate you very, very quickly. And the other thing I wanted to bring up about that is that I always kind of stress very certain things because I think they're so important is this idea of self-efficacy, like feeling that you could do it and then doing it is so important. Mm. And you get that by building these little wins for yourself. I feel like to me anyway, that to me is how we actually like move through it, right? Like we get the self-confidence to feel we can by doing these little wins and to bring it back to the fitness stuff, because I know you'll understand this. (laughs) Fitness has taught me such amazing life skills, the foundation of success, like Mm -hmm. discipline, patience, goal setting, all of these things that have worked in every aspect of my life to win, like Mm you. I totally agree. You guys, I, we were, we were talking offline before this about how fitness has been such a foundation and it has taught everything that you just said. And, and I think the biggest one for me is the patience. Like, oh, consistency is a really interesting thing because of how, how results appear is also like so messed up because you, <laughs> you can be consistent for a year in the gym and for six months of that year, you can actually see nothing like nine months. Nine months. It can be, yeah, even a, even the year, depending on, you know, what, what you're focusing on first or you're not focusing on nutrition or whatever. And that was the part for me that just now with even in business, I'm like, okay, I get it. Like I'm going to have to do this one to three to sometimes five years before anyone else is going to notice 
the work that I'm putting in when, you know, no one is watching. So that has just been one of the biggest things for me is learning patience in business, in life, in anything that I want to see a result in. Okay, so you talk about something called the bold types, which I'm so curious about. I want to hear about it. Yes, well, okay, first I want to talk about that because first of all, I believe that you can be super bold in certain areas of your life and then more timid and meek in other areas, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so like a lot of times you could be super bold in your professional world, but then acquiesce in in your relationships and just end up going on dates or marrying the person that just asked you out. So I think the first Mm -hmm. piece of this, right, is to figure out from you, because you're the only person who, you have to have a come to Jesus with yourself. And I feel like being like, okay, well, where am I showing up really for myself and living authentically? And then where am I kind of like, having some issues where I maybe need some more, you know, I I should put some more work into it. Like, what is it? What are the buckets? And then with that, you then move forward. Because I think what happens a lot of times, this overarching idea of being bold, everybody's different. Everyone has a different situation. And you can have areas where you are and areas where you're not, and then start building from those areas that are maybe a little bit more concerning or weak, where you want to feel like you got to like improve upon Mm. And so that's the first part, because I, I believe in this idea in this book wasn't about just how to live. You know, it's not about to me, a rich life is not just having money or that's not what it's about. Having a rich life to me is about meaningful relationships and experiences and like fulfillment in all areas of your life, not just one. And the idea of being bold to me is about building a life that's rich. Hmm. in in all of the areas that that make us feel satisfied and and fulfilled and the only way you get there is to design and curate a life from authenticity to what you see how when you were a kid how you envisioned you wanted your life to be versus the path of least resistance which is I'll just take what's kind of available. I'll just work for that job because that job opening was there. I'll just go out with X, Y, and Z because they're the ones who asked me out or swiped left on me versus that taking agency and having much more say in what happens to you. Oh my gosh. So good. Let's talk about practicing being bold. I know you talked a little bit about it, but once we kind of pick, what does that look like? How frequent do you feel like we need to practice being bold? What are some of these things that maybe you would give us as an exercise if we're like, okay, I'm ready. I, I want to work up the nerve. Where should I start? Well, I say that, well, first of all, if you can't ask for the big, if you can't ask for the little things in life, there's no way you're going to be able to ask for the big things in life, right? Mm-hmm. So you start with these little bold moves and like, and this whole idea is that I give people this a, a workbook so they can like build their bold and build up to being bold by doing these little bold moves. And this can be so simple, Lori, like, that it may seem like common sense to some, but to others, it would be like, it would be so like scary and uncomfortable. But even going to a restaurant and asking for salad dressing on the side. Yes. You know, where a lot of people are like, how do you do that? So embarrassing, or I don't want to put somebody out. I don't want to make waves. But that's little, like a little thing like that. If you can't ask the server to have, you know, sauce on the side, how are you going to ask for this big abundant, you know, this big other thing that you want in your life? So you work up slowly, like something like that. Or, you know, you can call the, you know, whoever, AT&T, Verizon, who your cell service provider is and ask for 
what are the different packages that are available versus just like paying for the same package that you've been paying for eight years and paying all this money when you could save a hundred bucks a month by all these new plans and promotions, stuff like that, where you're like never, ever someone who feels comfortable putting yourself in a situation mm. and asking for anything beyond what's in front of you. Things like that are just little bold steps that get you more comfortable in just putting your, you know, just about asking, asking mm. in general. And then you can kind of like build from there, like small little things that people, like I said, wouldn't even think about make a big difference in getting more courage and more, bra more brave to go for the bigger asks. I couldn't agree more with this. I actually did this practice for myself because I'm, I'm from a really small town. I was homeschooled through high school. I was raised in a more restrictive religion. Like we were, we were not bold in my family. <laughs> I was very far from it. And I remember the first experience of like, Oh shit, I got to get bolder. I'm like never going to do anything that I want. I was probably. 26, just getting into fitness. Like I had worked out and all that stuff, but I want to do a fitness show. So me from the Midwest goes, takes a flight to Boston to a fitness camp. So it's all Boston girls, like born and raised Boston girls. Wow. I did not get a word in edgewise. I was not <laughs> noticed. I was like a little fly on the wall. And I was like, oh my God, these women are so bold. And I had to start practicing what that looked like. But before I could even practice with what you're saying, I literally started at restaurants asking for what I wanted, all the things. I had a story in my head that in order to be loved, I needed to be easy. Like I'm laid back. I'm easy. This is why people like me. And I actually had to switch it to, I have preferences and those preferences are great. Like they're a good thing. And it's like, oh, I'm so easy. I'm so laid back. I was like, no, I, I am easy and laid back, but I also have preferences and that is so good. And it's safe to have preferences. Like this is shit I still have to say to myself, like, because it's so ingrained that it's actually a negative thing to like, speak up or put people out. And I've had to work on that story so much. Isn't that so interesting? That's such an interesting thing. I, I totally agree with you. But what's so interesting is that we have these stories that we think how we think of ourselves that play and ruminate and marinate in our head over and over again. And then we act accordingly. So the, yes. I, right. And like, and yeah. so like, and the only way we can change that is if we actually change that mm -hmm. and we have to be conscious of it and then create our new story because we always tend to like, we all have a, I find that we all have a baseline that we, we, we see ourselves as and comfortable in. And when we kind of get out of that comfort level, it's like, it's very hard to make, like to stay there. Mm -hmm. So you're going to rejig yourself. And like the only way to do that are like these mental check-ins, right? Where you know that you're doing that. That's why self-awareness is so key and important here is because of this exact thing, right? Because if we don't check that at the door, we will continue to do the same patterns and expect the same thing we always expected because that's all we know, mm -hmm. you know? And so, and by the way, I do the same thing. And that's why to me, if, and a lot of people who come, you know, who, who reach out to me, do. And that's why if we can kind of figure out a way to tell a different, different story and start to act differently. The, the neuroplasticity in our brains eventually change because we're doing, we're setting a different pattern for ourselves. Oh, yes. And, you know, to your point before, like the people that you're around and the people you listen to, like, I'll tell you, the more I was around those girls in Boston, the more I was <laughs> like, 
oh, there is a different way of being. And these girls are are moving in the world. They're getting what they want. And, you know, I wasn't able to do that overnight. But to your point, you will, by osmosis, start absorbing that if you're around bold people and getting around seeing seeing this different way. So I love a couple things that you mentioned in your book. Like, I would love to know about the bold standard and then be bold, not smart. So tell me about those things. Totally. So like being bold, not smart. So this is, I feel like a lot of times when you're too smart, you tend to overthink everything. Mm. And you think of all the reasons why something cannot happen, why it won't yes. happen, right? And then you don't do it. You don't act because you've talked yourself out of it already. And you become like, you have this whole like analysis paralysis thing happening where they, it's like too many thoughts, too many things, so overwhelming. And then everything, just nothing happens versus when you're bold, there's much more of a impulsivity to that where you just act and think of all the possible things that could go right versus the things that can go wrong. Now, I'm not saying that bold people can't be smart and smart people can't be bold. But the point is that it's boldness that is the secret sauce. It's not being being smart. I did this thing maybe a year ago, not even, maybe 10 months ago, where I spoke at uh, MIT on this program that they have. It's called FAIL. And it was because at MIT, which is, you know, the, the smartest people. That is amazing. People, yeah, I would be like freaking out, man. Right? Like, well, like the funny thing is like, MIT literally is the smartest people in the, mm-hmm. on the planet are basically congregated at this school, right? Mm-hmm. But yet they have a program called FAIL because they need to practice resilience because they're not used to failing. Mm. And because they're not used to failing, what happens is when they do fail, the suicide rate at MIT is very high, higher mm-hmm. than any school by exponentially. And they're not comfortable with it. And so, and so they need to have people who come in and talk to them about resilience and, and failure. So why I'm even bringing this up is that a lot of times when you're mediocre or average, the fall is not that fall, like far off. So you can fail, you get right back up again, you try again, you fail, whatever, like you're used to it more. And when you have too much pressure on the other side, you don't know how to handle life. You don't know how to handle failure and it paralyzes you. So why I'm bringing this up, it really is to, if for people who are listening and think that they're just mediocre or average. To me, that's a strength. You should like lean into that because that's when you shine and that's when things become easier for you because it teaches you how to be, you need to learn how to be more resourceful, how to, how to rely on other things and how like, you know, it becomes easier, more comfortable when the pressure isn't so hard on you. So like, I, I think that to me, that was one of my, one of the reasons why I maybe succeeded was because I was mediocre in a lot of ways. So I had to learn all these other things and I failed a lot more. Let's talk about bold as a habit. Like you're, I know you're also really into just creating habits and little habits and, and, you know, these habit stacking and all of these things that make us eventually make us who we are and change who we believe that we are. But bold as a habit. Do you feel like now bold is just who you are? And was that, is that something that, how many years do you actually think that takes? If someone's (laughs) like, oh my God, I want to be bold tomorrow. Like, what do you think? If we wanted to get really bold, like, what does that look like? Well, I do think I am a big habits, a habit hacker, stacker, whatever you want to call it. Cause I do believe having certain habits help you be the most productive self and it keeps you on point to go after things. And I'm sure you can, you and I probably have a lot in common, I would imagine, Mm -hmm. because of this. 
Uh, and I do think that I've been doing it for so I've been bold and I've, I've practiced so much that my bold muscle is, is pretty strong. But like anybody, if you stop doing it over time, if you're not consistent with it, it atrophies like any other muscle in your, yes. in your body, right? Yeah. It's, you have to be consistent and you have to be doing things over and over and over again, or else you lose it. You lose the muscle yep. of it. You lose that you lose the ability to do it. And so would I, would I say that I've harnessed it for maybe better than some? Yeah. But there's been times in my life where I haven't been working it that much and it gets weak. So mm -hmm. I have to kind of start up again. And to me, I do believe when, because I've done it for so long, there is muscle memory where my, the neuroplasticity, it like has actually created these, this new, like this new path and pattern where it is more my go-to than not. And which happens with anything and everybody, if you take Spanish, you know, over and over again, if you work out all the time, you, you build up that same muscle memory, which is why I think it's really important to consistently do these bold habits, these bold moves to build up the habit of being bold. And like what you said is very, very on point and very true that when you were hanging out with those Boston girls, right, through osmosis, you became a little bit bolder because that's what you saw around you, mm -hmm. right? That was much more familiar to you which is why having a bold of directors around you could surround yourself with people that make you feel okay and comfortable with these big asks is mm -hmm. so, so important, right? Because if you're around people all, all the time who tell you, oh no, you shouldn't ask for that. Oh no, you shouldn't do this. Or that's like you're being pushy or being too demanding, which are all these negative connotations with when really all you're doing is being much more authentic to what, how you really want to live your life. Like, why is that a bad thing? Like, why is it a bad thing to ask for what actually it is you want or to go after or date the guy or the girl that you actually are interested in dating or work for the company that you actually love? Like, if you want to work, if you love Nike and you approach Nike, what's wrong with that? Like, why should you work for, you know, some software company that you could care less about? Like, my whole thing is like, why not you? Why, why, why count yourself out in all these things and live vicariously through all of these other people who are doing what they want to be doing because you don't have the confidence yet or the courage yet to do it. Like work up to that so you can live that way. Oh my God. You're making me think so much. Cause I was going to ask you just about like, okay, so this boldness can obviously translate into our, our health, our ideas around money, our career, our relationships. And I was just thinking, I was, I was recently at a dinner with like ex crazy successful people. And we were talking about like how they met their partners. Like we were all talking about how we met our partners and the stories of how they met. It was like, oh, he told me no, literally like 20 times, but I knew that this person was for me. So I was doing these big, bold things and then vice versa. Oh, she was so not interested for an entire year, but I just kept making these big, bold moves. And I'm thinking how many times in our, or how many people also, on the other hand, do I know who are kind of in mediocre relationships? Cause we, we take just like what your book says, like we're taking what life kind of gives us instead of being bold for a long amount of time, which by the way, these people are in extremely long, healthy, happy relationships, which that is so interesting that the more bold we are for getting what we want, the more obviously it can enrich our lives. We can be in the thing that we want. We can be in the careers, in the relationships, instead of taking these things that life is going to just hand to us. And we're going to be worn down if we don't keep on taking massive, bold action. 
Well, it's true. And I, I, I want to talk about relationships because a lot of times people don't like think about boldness in that way, right? They think about it like in the career or the job or this. And to me, it's like, if you work your bold muscle in these other areas, it bleeds into other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. And like, how many times have you asked some, a friend of, or someone, you know, like, oh, how are you doing? How's your relationship? Or how's this? And they're like, that's eh, okay. Like most people live in this, eh, it's okay world. Like that's mm -hmm. fine in everything, including relationships. Right. And I feel like we just got super okay and comfortable with this idea that most people are kind of like in this like disinterested mm -hmm. this place of like less than mediocre place in their relationships mm -hmm. where like they expect it to be less than average mm -hmm. because it's what everyone says it is but mm -hmm. like if you can like actually like work that bold muscle that would that will eventually not be okay with you anymore mm -hmm. that will not be good enough for you because you're going to want to have a life that's much more fulfilling and that to me is why this is so important like i think if you're going to be in this space of like personal development and self-help and all these other things and motivation and inspiration and all the other euphemisms you want to use in this use the idea of taking being bold in your life mm -hmm. by just doing these simple little things that will create a much more ful like fulfilling, satiating life for you in every aspect. These are not, these are not overarching big things that you need to be doing. There's no, you don't need to be spending a ton of money on any of this stuff. It's literally just like doing these little, little things daily that are in front of you to change and tweak the way you see things and reframe mm -hmm. it. So you live a life that's way more to what you want. And that's why I say like you chase the life you want. Don't just take the life you get. Oh my God, this is so good. So, so everybody needs to go and get this book because I can promise you everybody listening needs to get more bold because if you were, you'd have more of what you want. That's what I'll tell you right now. The more bold that you get, the more you look at your life and it starts lining up to exactly what you want. And it's so exciting. And I love that you wrote a book where we can actually step-by-step -step help ourselves identify where we need help and what direction we should go to next. So where can we get your book? Oh, you can get my anywhere. Like you can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, wherever fine books are sold. Amazon's typically always easiest, but we'll throw that link into the show notes, you guys. And one of our biggest things we can do for our guests, everybody listening, is you can go follow Jennifer or grab her book because we all know you talk, I talk about so much how challenging books are and what a just a labor of love it is to put all of your wisdom into one spot for people to get the cliff notes of the last. 20 plus years of your life. So you guys go and check her book out. Jennifer, any last thing that you want to share with us? I want people to live bolder. I want everyone who listens to this, do one bold thing that this today, wherever this is being aired, even if it's a small thing to kind of to become more bold and mm -hmm. to build up that bold muscle. Remember, chase what you want. Don't just take what you get. Oh, so good. You guys go give her a follow. Let her know what your biggest takeaway was. You know, I always love to share your stories on Instagram and see who is listening. And I know that she'll love to see the same. So until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone.
Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you wanna create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're gonna customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this and now their smart ai platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com that's k-a-j-a-b-i.com Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for 
for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com.